Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-life plot holes and gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Marshall Bell has appeared in over 100 feature films and television programs and with some of the biggest names in Hollywood, as well as some great cult classics like Cherry 2000, Twins, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, Good vs. Evil, and Hamlet 2. Mr. Bell was kind enough to join us on Everything I Learned from Movies. Here we go, check, check. Hello, Mr. Bell. Hi. Hi, how are you doing today? Pretty good, thank you. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Just a nice, beautiful day here in San Francisco. Yeah, excellent. Well, my name's Steve, uh, and I'm here with my wife, Izzy. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, first and foremost. Uh, I really appreciate you appreciate you taking time out of your day. Sorry, I'm stumbling on my words right now all of a sudden. Um, it, our podcast called Everything I Learned from Movies, and we just uh, really enjoy interviewing, uh, you know, great actors, actresses, choreographers, all all people involved with the movie industry, and just seeing like what they've learned and how they got where where they are. Um, I guess first off, uh, would you mind just letting us know like uh, where you grew up and what your family life was like? Okay, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on uh, at one fifteen in the afternoon of September twenty eighth, nineteen forty two, <laughs> and I had a half brother, so I was a one and a half child, and I was really raised as an only child by my mother and father in Tulsa. She, my mom, tried, but she lost twins, so I ended up. Getting to be an only child, and, and uh, then we moved to Denver when I was uh, 14. So I have two hometowns: one's Tulsa, and one's Denver, and I really consider them both uh, slightly with an edge to Tulsa, but I consider them both hometowns. Excellent. Well, they're both excellent hometowns to have. <laughs> yeah, they well, they are for me. Yeah. Yes, I lived in Denver for a year, so it's a beautiful mile high city. I, I enjoy well, it. You know, <laughs> It, it took a long time for it to get to be the Denver you lived in, probably. I mean, we we were very, in, we, you know, we were very kind of, our biggest thing was the National Western Rodeo. Oh, yeah. We wanted to move away from that so bad so that when the hippie thing happened, we were so glad to have all those Winnebago's with all the drugs in them come out. <laughs> <laughs> and they came from, they came precisely from the, uh, Peninsula, right below you, is where they all came from. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Was that held out at the? Uh, was it the Stapleton? Uh, oh my gosh, stockyards that were out there? No, uh, not Stapleton. That was that was the airport, which was kind of in. T- now, oh, okay, it was the airport. Now, right. um, it, just the just the Denver stockyards uh, out there. Yeah, excellent. Really fantastic, and they should have been glad they had it. It was a fantastic show. But, yeah. 
and uh, growing up there, I guess in in Tulsa and Denver, like who were your biggest influences growing up? Like, uh, did you have like a certain teachers or like I don't know if you're already looking to go into acting or sports or? You know, I had an influence in Tulsa in the fourth grade. There was a woman named Mrs. Cooker who was really a rough woman, but she taught me how to write and basically how to read, really. And I was a literate reading person by the time I finished with her. She finished with me, so that was big. And then in Denver, you know, by the time uh, I got to Denver, I was being sent off to boarding school, so my influences uh, were at boarding school, really, and uh, uh, that would have been, yes, I had a Latin teacher that very much uh, instilled me with confidence and you know then I got kicked out and then I had another language teacher that instilled me with confidence which got me into Yale and then I got kicked out again and then I went into the army and things changed and I really um, I acted oh uh, in in the second school that I went to uh, I uh, I somehow or another out of nowhere got into a play called Harvey oh is that the uh James Stewart with the imaginary yeah, rabbit? Yeah, yeah. And it was a, a big deal, as it turns out, because, you know, I had just arrived there as a new student from having been thrown out of the East, and uh, and uh, I went to read for this play, and they'd already made their mind up who they wanted to play that role, and then they, I read, and then I got the role, and um, we put it on at the school, and then the Colorado Springs... These are small times in those days. So the Colorado Springs paper came out, and they loved the play, so they encouraged us to put it on at the uh, Colorado Springs uh, Fine Arts Center, which was brand new and had 850 seats in it. Oh. And every seat was full. Can you imagine? I had no idea what that meant then. (laughs) I mean, 850 seats is a heck of a lot of seats. Yeah, yeah. I had to be in front of all that, and uh, it was a success. And the writer of the play had drawbacks. She was from Denver, Mary Chase, and she had drawbacks about uh, a 16-year-old playing playing the role of Elwood Dowd. But, uh, you know, because it was an alcohol-related thing. And, uh, <laughs> I did fight that battle later on in life, so maybe... Maybe the ism was already there. <laughs> <laughs> it was an art imitating life, imitating art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. But the play, you know, it stuck in my mind. The work that had to go into that, I, I know that I some when I started again, I started very late in the film business. Yeah. And, uh, and a movie called Birdie in 1984. But I was able to summon... I realized what it was to perform. Somehow, my brain had already had implanted in it what it was to perform. So I wouldn't freak out. You know? nice. Excellent. And, and you mentioned you got uh, uh, kicked out of school a couple times. Was it just you uh, didn't really uh, didn't really mesh with uh, authority figures, or? Uh, well, you know, in the fifties, all of a sudden, I was doing just fine, and then all of a sudden, the James Dean Marlon Brando thing kicked in. You know. Uh. And, and, you know, I didn't quite know how to make up my mind which I liked more. Uh, so I became kind of a bad attitude. Type, you know, uh, I liked Marlon Brando and James Dean. <laughs> so, you know, and Elvis and all that stuff. So that didn't mix very well with 
you know, at Eastern Prep School. You know, you yeah. could have, there were others that liked it too, but I liked it too much, and I just had bad attitude, and I I actually got caught drinking. So, ah, okay. Is it just the uh, re- rebellious nature? A <laughs> little bit, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And then Yale was just a matter of uh, laziness and. Uh, you know, this girl told me she didn't want to see me anymore, and I thought school was ridiculous, and I went into the Army. And how long were you in the Army? Well, my wife's in the background, and she reminds me that she didn't want to see me anymore because I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I got sober during my uh, time with my wife, so... Excellent, excellent. Well, good. She's a good influence on you. Very much so. And, and uh, it's a uh, Molina, is that correct? Yes. Excellent. And so you mentioned you started a little a little late in the movie industry with Birdie. Uh, was were you in your late thirties? If, if I'm doing my math no, right, or uh, late forties? Oh, forties. Okay. Uh, the way it happened was uh, Milena had already, gosh, let's see, Milena had already won two Oscars, and she had done a movie called Midnight Express with a certain director named Alan Parker, Birdie, and um, he couldn't find this person he was looking for to play this role, and Milena had been working on Cotton Club at the time, and there was a dinner, and the casting guy that Francis Copley used all the time was named Fred Roos, who's now, of course, I'm a function of his imagination, because Alan went to him and said, I can't find this actor, and uh, and, and, and he uh, keep thinking of Marshall, and Fred said, well, why don't you use Marshall? And then I had to audition for it, and uh, I really worked hard on the audition, which which I think kind of surprised them that I had worked that hard, and so I, got, I actually had to struggle for the role like any other actor, but I got it, and I got Taft-Hartley on it, and then off, thing, you know, then things started to happen. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, I guess shortly after that, you were in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. As I the, was. Uh, as the coach. Uh, what was it like working with uh, Wes Craven and, and everybody involved well, with that? Well, Wes Craven created that idea, but I worked for a director named uh, oh, Jack right. Jones, and it was the second one. That's right. Sorry. And, <laughs> you know, it was the third movie I ever did. It was, I mean, it was a gas. You know, come on. I mean... <laughs> had a back glued on to me that had to bleed the first I mean come on it was it was fun you know <laughs> I mean I was acting in movies already and uh, I had actually auditioned for that in, in the afternoon after I had gotten standby me where Rob Reiner actually hired me in the hallway after my reading I oh, used wow. to th- I thought when I first got here I gotta admit after about three movies I thought you know what? I've got this whole thing figured out. Uh, you know, they hire me in the hallways. This meathead. I mean, Rob Reiner, sure thing, and, and Spinal Tap hired me in the hallway. I'm, I'm as cool as possible. You can't, you know. I, I learned later. No, calm down. But, <laughs> and then I did Stand by Me after uh, Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely Rob Reiner and a Stephen King adaptation. That's that. Not bad for a. Probably fifth film at that point. <laughs> fourth. And fourth. You know, fourth I didn't yeah. know any better, so I just I was just trying to build a resume because I'd go in there with all these actors my age, and they had these big lengthy resumes, and I needed to get work. I wanted to get as much work as I could, so I did any role that came my way. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, around that same time, you were in uh, Manhunter. Um, I, I don't That's know, right. 
And then a thing called Cherry 2000, of which I'm very proud. As you should be. We love that movie. Featured on this here podcast. Actually, yes. Yes. <laughs> very happy I did that movie. I'm friends with the producer of the movie to this day. It's, it's one of my favorite things to say. It's in my resume. That is such a fun movie. As it should be. It, it is it is a true classic. Anyone listening, definitely check it out. And uh, Marshall here plays Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. It was shot in Vegas. And uh, I'm not a gambler, really, but, you know, it was why. You know, it, was a, it was a great time. <laughs> yeah, say mid-80s Vegas. That's, that, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I think I saw a Scorsese, uh, Scorsese movie about that. <laughs> Well, they didn't. Um, I didn't really play hard. They had had me in a. I wasn't in a casino. They didn't have. We well, they were low budget, so we weren't staying in a casino. Oh, uh, like one of the. I'm uh, glad now that I look back on it that I wasn't. Although, funnily enough, casinos got been back there and worked there, but uh, 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 casinos don't. Buy, I, I love. I kind of feel calm when I walk through, and I hear all the ding, 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 ding. I like, kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> and another one of your uh, more memorable roles was uh, Webster and Twins, there in uh, 1988. Yeah, I'm glad you saying that name. He's, that's my really, that role was the luckiest in a way because what it did was it opened up, it made, it bumped me up a little bit in terms of, you know, being an actor that people cared about, you know. And Ivan Reitman, who, you know, he worked with everybody, he worked with, Bill Murray, whom I was lucky enough because of my wife to become friends with, but he, he, you know, all these people, and then he hired me to play that role, and he kind of let me do what I wanted, and I'll never, I'm really grateful to Ivan for that movie, plus the residuals on it over the years have been ridiculous. (laughs) That's always good. Well, in having a major supporting role in it as well, and actually being more intimidating than Arnold Schwarzenegger most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and, and and let's see, and yeah, I probably I probably got Total Recall because of working on Twins, I'd say. And that and it helped a lot. Oh yeah, I'll bet. And, and uh, I guess coming up uh, if, with Total Recall, what, all right, what is it like working with director Paul Verhoeven? I love all of his movies, but... Well, so it, do I. Yeah. I love all of them. <laughs> fact in fact uh showgirls you know he got all these raspberry awards you know he went in person nobody goes in person he went right and dressed up and got the awards yeah i mean it's it, awards an award <laughs> he's a very he's if you're going to use the word character i mean i don't know that i've ever known anybody that i mean he's extremely bright you know i mean he was a physicist yeah. i mean really really bright scary but he wanted to make movies and um you know, I've worked for him twice now. Uh, I've seen him over the years. My wife won a big award a year ago uh, at the Berlinale Film Festival, and he was the head of the jury. And it was just so great to see him and be able to work for him was uh, not easy always. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, it's total recall. They had to glue that stuff on me for nine hours, and I was miserable, yeah. and I was being treated like. I won't use these words on there, but, uh, you know, I wasn't, tr- I, I was very frustrated. <laughs> and, and, and then, so, I'm just going to finish this because later on when I did uh, uh, Starship Troopers and this uh, grasshopper comes down to crush me, 
I'm, I'm really over the top. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And Paul's back there. You know, he's already scared everybody to death on the set. And, they, you know, and he goes, oh, he goes, uh, I go, oh, my God, I'm going to die, you know, and all that stuff. And, and he says, I don't like that. You're really afraid of a grasshopper and you can't see it. I said, but I'm not afraid of the grasshopper. I'm afraid of you, Paul. <laughs> and the whole place, like it was an amphitheater, and they all started cheering. <laughs> uh, excellent. So, so is he just a very, very demanding director or uh, just physically draining? Well, like, just no, you know, I've worked for this commercial director that's got a similar type personality. His name's Joe Pitka. And, you know, you just don't know when you haven't done it right that you're going to, you know, you're going to be pounced on and, you know, uh, with some reason. And, and, and uh, it, it's, yeah, they're intense. I guess that's the word. It's a word I don't really like much, but they're intense people. Yeah. You know, with, with the, being a former uh, physicist and everything is probably part that plays into it. Yeah. Uh, another uh, fun fact when I was uh, looking up information on you, uh, you were the first person to be killed on Tales from the Crypt. That's correct. <laughs> nice. That too. Also, I did two Tales from the Crypt. Not yeah. many do. Uh, no, not many do. Two did two uh, Tales from the Crypt, but uh, yeah, I had a fire poker in my head most of that episode. <laughs> a couple hours in the prosthetics table and everything again. <laughs> well, you know, the irony of this is uh, I don't like live casts, and uh, I mean, I have a little. Tr- I never know whether it's going to freak me out or not. But it's not easy for me to get a live cast, and I don't really thrive on it. But they did a live cast, and it kind of worked. And um, yeah, let me see. Uh, I don't remember being in it as long uh, because it was a, you know, it was a. There was another head. I don't oh, think okay. I. Was, uh, I didn't wasn't in it as long as I was for you know, kind of Elm Street or totally Recall, Recall yeah. or The Vagrant. And then you were also in uh, Dick Tracy in 1990, working with uh, Warren Beatty and. Gosh, I mean, Al Pacino, Paul Sorino. That was my wife who did the costumes for that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, I do want to take a moment to mention your wife is uh, legendary costume designer Melina Cananero. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. She worked with uh, Clockwork Orange, The Shining, uh, Godfather 3, Ocean's 12, yeah, Dick Tracy, um, The Hunger. Fire. Yeah, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, just legendary movies. When? How did you guys meet, if you don't mind my asking? <laughs> um, I was in Dublin visiting my half-brother, and uh, they were filming Barry Lyndon in Dublin, and I uh, knew, I just by happenstance uh, knew the Marissa Berenson who was acting in the movie, and um, I somehow or another managed to make contact with her, and then I got invited out to dinner, and uh, I met Milena at dinner. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it wasn't. It didn't just. It wasn't smooth, but it, 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 you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just it's gradual, you know. <laughs> well, and and what's it like, uh, like working with your wife, like on Dick Tracy? Like, do you guys even get to see each other, or is it just kind of yeah, you both have jobs you're doing? Uh, she's back asking me a question. Who it is? Oh. But, uh, 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 you mean on Dick Tracy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had a much more significant job than I did, so I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't really get. Uh, I would get in my clothes and then just go be ready to be called, you know. Oh, okay. She was very busy. Excellent. And uh, and was it like working with uh, Warren Beatty? Well, 
you know, his nickname out here is Pro. So, I mean, it's it's something that I, you know, was glad to be able to do. That's for sure. And I'm kind of a friend, so he had he likes to work with people that he's familiar with, and uh, you know, it was great. I, I mean, also my scene was with Al Pacino and Paul Sorvino, so that was nice too. Yeah, and Madonna. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Madonna was that scene too. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to try remember the specific scene in the movie. It's it's been a few years, but well, I, great little flick. It's not much. I just grab her and push her into a cab, and then we go to another scene, and then we put the Paul Sorvino in a cement bath. That's right. Uh, <laughs> drop him in the river. <laughs> I'm a crooked cop. Yeah, and then uh, and you got to work with uh, Warren again. What just last year with uh, Rules Don't Apply, right? That's right. How 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 is it has it changed at all? Like you know, the twenty five years between movies. Well, you know, we were all pretty enthusiastic. We liked working on that movie, and so uh, getting out there, and I got to play a colonel in the Air Force. I barely see my chin in the movie, but <laughs> I'm in, and I enjoyed the movie a lot. I thought it got treated really badly, so um, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was the same. Yeah, I, I mean, mean um, come on, I was sitting there all day in this big setup with martin sheen uh, that, that's hard uh, you can't beat that yeah excellent yeah so, i mean uh, just looking through this like you you must know every actor and actress in hollywood it seems with all this uh all these incredible movies you've been a part of uh, you know i'm very i know a lot uh i don't know everyone but i know quite a few older ones anyway <laughs> <laughs> because you know elena did the Shining also, so, you know, uh, Jack was there, and I, I wasn't in it, I hadn't started acting yet, but they were around, I met them then, and, you know, I knew these people, yeah. Well, see, and, and like, back in the 90s, uh, you were in, like, Air America with uh, Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. Um, right. I mean, like, Oscar, you were with uh, Sylvester Stallone, I think he directed that movie too didn't he no uh john landis directed oh, that's right that's right john landis it was the big uh still doing comedy that's right <laughs> right he's a friend of mine and you know i i've worked for him a lot of times excellent and then um one of my favorite movies is uh undercover blues uh where you played really? uh, good for you yeah I, I i just love that movie <laughs> i love it um was the working title of it really cloak and diaper uh, no it was um no, what was it? It was Cloak and da- no, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, no, it wasn't. I can't. I can't remember. It did have a different name, and it had. Uh, and I would, would be on the top of my head. I just can't remember it. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard on a, a podcast. Uh, Larry, uh, Larry Miller, right? Yeah, Larry Miller mm-hmm. said it was Cloak and Diaper, and I'm like, that. That's actually a really good name for a movie. <laughs> Larry Miller might have said that because that's very Larry Miller. And I don't think it was yeah. quite all that. <laughs> Excellent. What was it, what was it like uh, working on that movie? That was uh, down in New Orleans, is that right? Well, it was in New Orleans, yeah. so yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the, my disappointment was there was a scene with me with my character surrounded by so many weapons you can't believe it, and it was a nutty, <laughs> crazy scene with me kind of cocking one of AK forty sevens and. AR fifteens and you know just just nutty mad person and uh, it didn't make it into the movie. I was really sad. Oh, (laughs) it's always hard when the the cuts come around for that uh, theatrical release, and it's like I was I was hamming it up with those guns. So that's of course let's not put it in the movie. 
Excellent. And, and you were also in Natural Born Killers working with uh, Oliver Stone. I was. I don't think there's much. I get residuals, but I don't think there's much of me left in it. I was a guard, and uh, I became really good friends with my fellow guard, and that was what I got out of that, uh, Louis Lombardi. Oh, okay. And, uh, we were there five weeks, but, you know, the prison and the camera goes one place and then it goes another, so we were kind of uh, absorbed by that, uh, but it was great to be there. Yeah, say so was it was it kind of a, a hectic shoot or because I know there's like yeah, so many cuts in the movie. We shot but. in a real serious prison. We shot at the Joliet prison. Oh, and, uh, we were inside with prisoners all day, and uh, you know it was depressing. Uh, you know, it's like okay, I was in the joint for five weeks, so I was depressed <laughs> afterwards. Oh man! And I had to fly back and start work on Airheads. The following Monday, you know, I left Saturday and went back to work on Airheads on the next Monday. <laughs> and the Airheads kind of got me out of the funk that I was in from having been in prison all that time. I was going to say, that's quite, quite a, <laughs> got to take a little time in between, you got the bends, you know. Culture going, shock. <laughs> <laughs> going from a prison scene to uh, working with Sandler and Brendan Fraser and yeah, Steve well, Buscemi. Favorite, I, I, I actually have a scene with Lemmy. Oh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the motorhead, that's right. Yeah. How was he to work with? Well, I mean, all he did, this is the, one of the most complimentary things that ever happened was, uh, I I like motorhead, to tell you the truth. I mean, I yeah. do. I have t-shirts. And, and so I went over to say hello to him, and he says, uh, and he'd seen Total Recall and was a fan. Very nice. So I was in front of the, uh, I was in front of a big bunch of extras who were, you know, metalheads and everything. And so I went and I said, well, I'm not worthy. <laughs> that was my moment with Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And then from there you went, started in uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Uh, what's it like working with an elephant? Well, see, I didn't, ha I, all I did was, I didn't have to work with the elephant. Oh, that's so, right. Um, you're, 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 the humor makes it kind of look like, like I did, but I didn't have to. Oh, very nice. <laughs> but it was great to be able to work, who I've worked with again, but uh, it was great to work with Danny Glover and, and Ray. Really great, actually. We had a, I had a great time working with those guys. And Dennis Leary, yeah, I nice. had a great time with him, too. Any fun stories from, from that time? Let me think. Um, you know, they're just stories about sitting around in the restaurant at the, at the motel. It, it, the town was called La Paris, which is a military town, so it's not a tourist town at all. Mm-hmm. So you're in a you're isolated on a in a motel and you're sitting there in the in the restaurant and that's really all that was going on and just sitting around shooting the bull at the table with the various talented people was fun but not any specific stories uh, mm -hmm. uh, except that there were the town of La Brie is uh, treats monkeys as human beings so the monkeys were citizens oh. nice. and, I walk, you know, it was quite a ways. I didn't have a car, but I would walk in, and it was miles, a couple of miles. And so I went to see the monkeys, and the monkeys hated me for some reason. Oh no! And hissing at me and everything. And so Ray, I was walking back out, and Ray comes, and he's in, he has a car and a driver and everything, and he picks me up as I'm walking back, and he says, uh, "Have you been to town?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Do you see these monkeys?" I said, "Yeah, that's not much." Uh, it's not much, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, you know. He said, well, get in, let's go back down there. So I jumped in the car, 
because I'd end up getting a ride back, and we rode back down there. And the monkeys loved Ray. <laughs> so I just said to Ray, I said, well, that's why you're Ray and I'm me. <laughs> it's probably those steely blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're also in one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I actually have a, a very VCR recorded on a bootleg version of it, but uh, you were in Good versus Evil, which I think is one of the most underrated shows in television history. How how is it different being on a television set as opposed to a movie set? Well, I mean that that TV show. I mean, I've been on lots of TV sets because I've done episodes, you know. Yeah. Which were yeah. like, I think I did Hawaii Five O. This was way different. This was guerrilla filmmaking, but crammed into a hour long episode, you know. So it was. I never actually experienced anything like that, and it was it was shot on sixteen millimeter. Oh. And uh, these two young brothers, these twin brothers, uh, who created it. Uh, kind of liked what I was doing with the character so they let me kind of run loose with it and so it was a great experience for me and I I'm friends with both of them uh, to this day I'm friends with the Clayton Rohner to this day and you know uh, and, and Rick Brooks and, and Googie and uh, it was a great experience to be on there Excellent. sorry yeah. it got mistreated kind of I mean I'm a little resentful about that but because the second go around when they moved it from USA over to sci-fi and they didn't quite know how to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I wish it had stayed on longer. That's all. Yeah. Unfortunately it happens with some great shows too. It just kind of changes, change, even like time slots or something. And then it just gets lost, unfortunately. Right. And then going into the two thousands, uh, you were the district attorney in uh, identity, which is a great little psychological thriller uh, mm-hmm. with uh, director James Mangold. Uh, how, how was working on that set? You know, it was pressure because I had all that kind of machine machine gun stuff to say on the phone and everything and, <laughs> you know, kind of opens the film. And uh, so it was a day, but it was, uh, there was pressure involved in it. And so I was glad to get it in the can and have it be done and have it be, you know, something that satisfied James. So, it was fun, and I mean, look at all those talented actors that were in it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, at that time, I, I don't know how many times I ended up working with John Hawks, and uh, I was in Millennium with him when nobody ever knew who he was, and then, you know, I just kept working with him, and then all of a sudden he became, you know, this formidable actor, and I, I was at no doubt that he would do that, but I was in a movie with him years ago, which he got Taft-Hartley on, called... Johnny be good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall as the quarterback, right? <laughs> right, and Downey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Downey was in that too. Yeah, is that, yeah is that right? I got to know Downey then, so I, I've done three Downeys. Very nice. And uh, yeah, so going to the 2000s, you're also in uh, like Capote and Astronaut Farmer and Art School yeah. Confidential. But I have to say, probably my favorite <laughs> uh, of all the movies you've been in. Few people have seen it, but you were the principal in Hamlet too, and I think that's just <laughs> well, the God bless you. <laughs> one of Steve's favorite movies. <laughs> it really is. God bless you. Well, I'm very proud of that. I, uh, you know, I kind of know, you know, that the, the head of the all Disney for many years was a guy named Michael Eisner, and his son Eric produced it. Oh, and 
it's they the theory from upon high about why that movie didn't get seen more was because the Hamlet two thing threw as a title threw people off. (laughs) That's a shame because it's a great movie. That is unfortunate, but 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 uh, you can kind of see why. (laughs) This is what I got out of that. I would just sit there and my mouth would drop open at those kids. They were really talented. Really yeah. were. Yeah, great. And of course, like Steve Coogan um, leading the whole movie. And yeah, and, and of course, your performance was amazing. I, I definitely well, recommend everyone check it out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, and I was glad to get a, be able to work with Coogan. And that was fun. Yeah. I love working with him. Excellent. And then you were also in uh, Rum Diary uh, starring Johnny Depp. Um, was that shot on location in in what? the Caribbean? In per- Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, nice. Yeah, how 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 was that shoot? It looked um, look beautiful, wow. beautiful movie. Yeah, but. I mean, <laughs> okay, so you saw the thing. I was actually it worked every day because I the, the, the newsroom scene. That's why I was down there so, a long time yeah. uh, because the newsroom scene. I was there, and so they shot in the newsroom for weeks, and uh, uh, I had to be there. So uh, there I am in Puerto Rico for darn near a month in in late spring. Give me a break. I mean, Easter. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Puerto Rico is the best kept secret in the world. You know, I'm sad about what's going on down there. Yeah, it, I've been to the Caribbean a lot, and if I ever went back, it would be Puerto Rico would be my choice of where I would want to go. And here I I overlooked it all my life. I'm sorry I didn't go there more. And it's the people that are so great there. Yeah, it really, really is. We I, I work in the hospitality industry, so yeah, a lot of hotels affected there. But they've uh, come and worked at our hotel. And yeah, they're just amazing people and really hope, they, uh, you know, we can get back up and running. And <laughs> well, you know, you, you're in New York and you get a, a West Side Story and you think this about Puerto Ricans are the greatest people yeah. ever, man. They're great. Yeah, very, and, very uh, warm and they, open. Yeah, it was just great to be there. But the main thing, I mean, it's. Have you been to Puerto Rico? No, uh, I have been. not. Yeah, you know, I've been to other islands, and Puerto Rico, it's almost in the Atlantic, so it's got a windward side that's like big, big water. You know, beautiful. So you got everything there, and um, it's just a great island. And then all of a sudden, you got these people. You're going like, what is wrong? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes, sometimes you have to sacrifice for your job and go go act for a month in Puerto Rico. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, and and you know, and then I and then I had a that was that final scene. You know, was uh, where we're doing the business about the union and everything. I had yeah. to I had to think about that. That was that what you know. I had to put some thought into that. Yeah, excellent. And, and then, so for the future, do you have any uh, new projects coming up, or perhaps some dream projects you, you're looking to get into? Well, I think I'm going to go down and do a movie uh, called Hate Crimes in Texas. And meanwhile, I'm, I, I, my union has treated me very well, retirement wise, and I'm not, you know, uh, over. I, I mean, I, I, I miss the most. You know, I worked for this. Uh, intense uh, commercial director many many years and uh, I had a lot of campaigns one with Charles Barkley and uh, I miss you know those because uh, it was there was so much talent involved in it but uh, yeah I have that movie in Texas but that's about it 
Nice. Are you looking to get more uh, commercials or like uh, voiceover work or anything like that? Well, you know, I have a voiceover agent. I just rarely get those because those are kind of wrapped up by so few people and, and <laughs> yeah, stars. And then there are about three voiceover stars. Yeah, yeah. We, we sorry. Yeah, we, we've actually interviewed uh, a, a couple that have uh, kind of wrapped up like the like children's cartoons and stuff like that. But they're <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're very very professional and everything. It's just yeah, they're like oh yeah, I started in well, I did voices in basically everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if Will Lyman. Did you interview Will Lyman? No, no. You know, he started out doing the uh, front lines. And he did Vietnam years ago, and he's, he, I mean, he did Dos Equis and all that stuff. Not the, not the on-camera, but the voiceover. Yeah. He's, to me, the king of voices. But, uh, oh, yeah, so I maybe I'll have to re- reach out to him, see how he... <laughs> just years ago, I got a Marriott card, and I, I, there was a commercial director named Jim Gardner, and he was a BYU grad, and I've been angling for the campaign for Marriott for years. It doesn't look like I'm going to get it. <laughs> uh, keep trying it. And uh, B- BYU, I, I was born and raised in Utah, so <laughs> it's like, ooh, BYU. Did you go yeah. to the Y yourself? I actually went to the U. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, by the way, I did a play over there uh, in Salt oh. Lake, uh, oh. and I'm what they call Utah-friendly. Yeah, it's a very nice. It, it's it's almost like it's back in the fifties. Like it's very wholesome community. Yeah, I I, I love Utah. What can I say? <laughs> well, Salt Lake's got a serious though slacker kind of uh, heavy metal community there. I oh mean, yeah, Salt Lake's not without hipness. I can say that. Yeah, yeah there's definitely uh, you know being a big college town and everything there with the U and uh, SLCC and stuff. Yeah, there's definitely. Uh, a, lot, a lot of different communities there that, it, you know, it's not, not just Mormons, you know. <laughs> yeah, like no, 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 no. They've what, like the I, third I, largest? I, and the Utah is a good university, and you and I'm a, a Colorado graduate, and we're both, somehow or another, we're, uh, we're rivals now in the Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12, yeah. <laughs> we, we went in at the same time, so we, we're the Thanksgiving people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, uh, and of course, the name of our podcast is uh, Everything I Learned from Movies. Is there uh, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners that you've learned from movies or just life lessons in general? You know, uh, do the work and show up prepared and, uh, you know, don't put extra pressure on yourself by not being prepared, I guess. Uh, I, it's hard enough, you know, as it, it, no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us, Mr. Bell. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to me next time you're in the Bay Area. We'll see what we can do for... Uh... Are, you up there? Are you at the Ritz? <laughs> I am at the Ritz, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and do I just I go, where's Steve? <laughs> Pretty much, they'll, they'll know me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they'll know exactly where I'm at. <laughs> or look around the lobby for the gentleman taller than a door frame. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And how about Izzy? Does Izzy? Where's Izzy work? Uh, Izzy is a freelance illustrator. I uh, draw super cute watercolors and sell them online. Where do I go to look at them? Oh, they're at uh, Untidy Venus, like a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Dot Etsy. Dot com. <laughs> Going there now. If I, uh, as I hang up, I'm going to go there right now. You know, if you see anything uh, that you like on there, shoot me a message. I'll 
be happy to send you something for being on our sh- on on the show here. Absolutely, very well might do that. I like it up north, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get up there anyway. Excellent, and Mr. Mr. Bell, if we're looking to uh, follow you, uh, are you on like social media? Do you have a website? Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm very few followers, but I've got. Uh, I'm on Twitter, and I have a. It's uh, the Marshall Bell. All right, looking it up right now. Excellent, and I'll be sure to tag you uh, when the interview and everything comes out as well, so you can uh, give it a listen once I cut out the you know the Skype background noise and stuff. <laughs> oh, this is all good. Thanks for calling. Oh, my pleasure. Thank thank you for answering, and uh, we, we'll definitely keep in touch. Say good night, Fresh. Good night, Fresh. <laughs> my wife says good night. Good night, good night, Elena. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. So yeah, that was Marshall Bell uh, sitting with me and Izzy. Yeah, great guy, obviously. Yeah, if you uh if you'd like the interview, definitely let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. Uh, we're also on Facebook if you prefer that. Uh Instagram, all all those social medias. And, and of course tell your friends about us. I mean, they'd love to hear about the interview, right? Yeah, share it with them. If you'd like some uh, cool swag, Izzy has her Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. So definitely check that out as uh, Mr. Bell's going to. That's going to be great. Um, <laughs> and yeah, thank you for just listening. And uh, yeah, tell your friends about us. You know, share the love. Uh, we love doing this and uh, we just love letting people know about it. <laughs> of course, that's uh, eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody.